Hello. Time has flown since the last edition of All Things Business, the podcast. But with the new year has come a new sound. I'm John Griff, and in its new mid-month location in the diary, this podcast will now be bringing groups of business people from the region together to talk about a single overarching theme. We begin 2022 with a panel of guests who bring huge relevance to the table when it comes to maximising the potential of workforces in a much-changed working world. Mari Richardson is Director of TomRom Team Coaching. Claire Williams is the UK Creative Director for OC Design. And Catherine White is Director of People at Why Boston Lakes. That's our panel, and this is All Things Business, the podcast. The workforce may be one of the most expensive assets in any business, but it's also the single most important asset in any business. The world of the workforce has changed hugely in the last couple of years, not only through the effects of the pandemic, but also the recession triggered by it as well. So how do you go about maximising potential in a workforce when so much has changed? To get the ball rolling, our panel discussed personal development first, and I asked Mari how good she felt businesses in general are at training and skilling their workforces. Well, that's rather a big question. Um, How good are we? Uh, Not good enough. Um, And I think, if I'm honest, that the pressure on that is going to come greater and greater. Um, We're in the big quit Um, For those of you who haven't heard that term, where people are just saying, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't enough for me. Um, And so employers are going to have to really pull their socks up um, to improve the employee experience um, from recruitment all the way through to onboarding and then how they're rewarded, um, what the experience is at work. I think there's going to have to be a lot of changes in how people look after their people and development is a huge part of that I think we're also looking at potentially in the next five years a massive skill gap um, where some of the developments we've had in the last two years just in order to cope um, are going to push more technology into roles um, and we haven't got the people with the skills to deliver what we need so um, as part of development I would say upskilling is is a huge part of that as well so I'm sorry if I come across as a little bit um, negative about it but I just think people need to think about it now there's a great deal in what you say there to unpack and I'm going to fire the whole of that package straight at Catherine because from <laughs> from, from the point of view of why Boston Lakes you yes. have a, a large workforce yes how okay. much of a challenge do you identify with and what sort of challenge do your directorate do you hear in what Mary's saying um completely embrace everything that's being said because we've been through that and I think as a business our core business is conference um, on the resort so um, we actually have 16-17 months of that not being open so we had a massive hit and impact on the business there so we had an awful lot of people who didn't work at all the whole of that time um, whereas the hotel the golf course or the offices could open back up again so we had to make a lot of people redundant in August 2020. One thing that we think we did exceptionally well with was um, when we we made it quite clear that when we would start recruiting they would be the first people we would go back to. They kept all their employee benefits for the full for a full 12 months Mm. so um, originally it was only going to be six months um, but then of course we had to close again. So um, we took the opportunity to look at our structure of our business and what we wanted people to do. And so we did a lot of multi-skinning across the business so that 
we were able to bring people back. We've looked at what does our business need moving forward? What are our customers going to need? So what are those skills that the customer is going to need from our team? And have so, those skills changed? Has your perception of those skills changed? Um, it has to an extent because what people are looking for, they're looking for a, more, a lot more technology. They're looking for being able to come in and hold virtual meetings, hybrid meetings and all of that kind of thing, um, which we did exactly the same during the pandemic. Our annual meetings with our team couldn't have them in. We did it live streaming. Mm-hmm. We even had people from Italy logging in. So it was a bit bizarre. That technology has changed. So we've had to upskill people within the business to make give them the skills of what they need to do. And I think now we're... Now we've got everybody back. We're looking to this year is going to be a lot better. Um, uh, it's that nurturing of those skills that people want and we need them to have moving forwards. Why Boston Lakes almost by definition is it is a very expansive, rural uh, kind of a place to go to. It is, yes. You're director of people, so I guess you've got people who are quite distanced from each other. Does, does that pose operational problems for you particularly when it comes to not only bringing back the people who might have been made redundant or perhaps went on furlough and then went elsewhere the sort of churn that Mary was talking about has that presented problems for you in getting the business back on its feet to where we are now in January of the new year um in normal circumstances probably yes we've we did quite well in um, mixing our teams back so we took into consideration where people were homeschooling Mm -hmm. and they said there were some that needed to be off for longer so we brought other people back the same jobs are done in all three venues we've got two conference venues in the hotel and spa we have receptionists in all of them so if one venue wasn't open that person from there could go and work somewhere else so we took that into consideration um it's it's very disjointed because we've got a lot of people who are still working flexibly from home um, and will continue to do so ongoing. That's a decision we've made as a business, if they can. Um, there's the people who are working on site. We've actually currently undergoing a refurbishment of the hotel and spa. So that's actually been closed currently for seven weeks. So all the team from the hotel have been working in one of our venues. So we've had seven weeks of multi-skilling and really creating a massive team environment engagement between each other of that team has been amazing because they've understood what differences the different the venues are so different we've been able to give them different skills by working in a different venue um they've got a different culture because the culture in the conference venue is very different from a hotel um it's completely different style of operation and customer so where is the business now and where's the payback for the business um customer service key by giving them everything they need to do their job, they know that they've got that to give on to other people. Claire, if, if we think about environment, Mary's talking about upskilling of people to protect the churn effect, to prevent the quit. You've got Why Boston Lakes, which is a very diverse space and a very wide space. What does that say about the philosophy of a business and, and how a business moves forward after the difficulties, particularly of economic recession, which we're now seeing? Our business over the last 18 months hasn't really hugely been affected in terms of growth and turnover because our clients are still building for long-term future because most of their money is tied up in their real estate and their real estate isn't going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so what they're actually saying is, you know, if you look at it, London is only second only to Hong Kong in the cost of real estate. So whilst your people are incredibly expensive, your real estate is not 
far short of that. And so what people are doing now is the balance has completely shifted. So prior to the pandemic, what we were seeing is people were actively going to their organisations and asking them if they could work flexible hours or work this hybrid style of working. And they were having to put forward the business case for doing that. Mm What the pandemic has done is it acted as an accelerant to things that were already happening. So now the balance of power has changed. And instead of individuals putting forward their case to hybrid work, organisations are having to convince their people to come back into the workplace. So the balance of power has completely changed. And the biggest leverage, or I would say one of the biggest leverages, and touching on the great resignation that's, you know, whatever, 40,000 people not happy, um, is that real estate will impact on people's engagement with where they work. So the spaces will possibly get smaller, but they will be more effective workspaces. So if you go into some of the most successful organisations in our capital cities and our major cities, the quality of the space will exponentially rise over the next two years because they're not going to stop spending the money, they'll just spend it in a different way. And that's because the bulk of the people they're looking to recruit are millennials or Gen Z. And what they want is very different to, say, me. And so they're going to create environments that best suit them. Those very same people are inherently more likely to hop around and change jobs. 60% of them will change jobs in every 18 months. So they're more likely to change jobs. They are going to dominate what the workforce does. And also they are um, they are looking for experience over things. So they want social connection and they want work to deliver an experience. So how important in that case is loyalty going to be to a business? Mary talks about the big quit. Mary talks about the investment in people through training. We've heard from Catherine about the number of people who are coming back to the business at Y Boston because of the experience that they've had. You're talking about the working experience in the working environment. We're recording this uh, podcast in a brand new office space, and I've seen the workers here, the employees here, who are very much collaborating together. If you took that all away and said, right, you're all working from home now, would you get the same quality of business? Yes. Businesses grow because of innovation. Innovation is a consequence of creativity predominantly, easy communication and creativity. And creativity is a social development so you can be creative in isolation you know Paul McCartney wrote yesterday the first bar came to him in his sleep and but it was two years worth of collaboration that then went on to write that song Mm -hmm. I believe to innovate you have to be creative creativity eventually requires us as human beings to communicate but that initial light bulb moment can come in isolation. And actually, I think what's going to be the future of work will be we will never go back to all of us being in the office five days a week. That's not going to happen. It will be hybrid work. And what will drive the success of hybrid work and the ability for us to innovate is technology without a shadow of a doubt. And the, the early adopters of smart buildings and smart technology will be the ones that drive forward economics. I agree with Claire in that actually there isn't this, um, there, there, culturally there is going to be a change in how people interact with each other and you can still be as creative. 
but what I believe will happen in terms of workspaces and projects, it, it, work will become much more project-based to live about delivering a project. Um, and so what you'll have is um, teams of people who deliver projects who could be, you know, this could be a team, the four of us could be a team today, and then it could have two other different people in it to do with another project. And your skills will be around how you deliver within a team. So the people who are able to network well, communicate well, um, and are considerate of of other people, good team players, Mm. will still succeed. I do agree with it to an extent. Um, And I think that's what's the power of the excitement of our kind of business um, is we have the operational teams. They have to be there. They've got to serve the coffee. They've got to serve the customers. They've got to look after them all. They've got to do all of that. They have to be there. But we have all of our... Um, central support offices we only have a couple of teams who are in five days a week and there are reservations and meetings and events teams because they're meeting they're doing the selling the clients on the floor they're going out and speaking to them when they come in so they are in um, every other central support department has a mix of people working at home and in the office Um, and and it does work the girls I work with are in most of the time because they're in the operational aspect of the business but if they've got work to do reports and stuff like that they're at home I'm at home half the time but we work really well as a team because we all get on teams we have those conversations and then we have a day like we had yesterday we're all together we're bringing together our ideas and then we'll all go away and do our own project stuff we could have done that on teams we didn't need to have been together but I'm still a director of people of that business so I have to be in it to an extent a personal thing your people have come with you on the journey Mm. you know they have known every step of the way what you're doing and what you're trying to do so they're engaged and you'll get retention from that you you won't lose people because they've seen what you're trying to do to keep their job safe you will still get gatherings of people um I think you'll you'll have sessions where you need to brainstorm which sometimes it will be better to do physically sometimes you can do it remotely but we don't need to be seeing each other every day um, and now I'm going to come across as really negative, <laughs> but but it's it will be about delivering the result. You know, it's not about present. It's not about being present. No, I completely disagree. I think I mentioned to you before we started. I focus on a part of my job is workplace anthropology, which is looking how the human condition reacts in the built environment. Basically, anthropology is just watching and recording. And we watched how people interact with space. And before uh, the pandemic, people used WeWorking spaces as uh, an opportunity. Some people used them because they were small startups of 40 people and they took over a big chunk of WeWorks. But the spaces that were being used the most were spaces that were focused spaces. The spaces that weren't getting quite as much use were the spaces for collaboration and social interaction. Corporate real estate footprints are shrinking. That is a fact. Within five years, even if you don't own your real estate, you will have shrunk your portfolio. So what people are are looking to do is make their real estate be the most effective it can possibly be so that people will invest in their real estate as opposed to the person down the street. And what people will come together to do is to connect with their tribe. I know that's a bit of a trendy sort of term, but they will come together to connect with their tribe. And actually what you can do at home at your desk is focus heads down work. But what you can't do is talk about the football, talk about what you had to eat, a great film you saw. And if we look 
at this whole, we go back to this whole generation thing that the social element of work is incredibly important because they are younger they aren't necess- they are leaving marriage later they're leaving having children later and what is actually important to them is work includes their social life and their social connection so you will touch into work i believe to make these social connections and so what we are looking at in terms of the way the design of the workplace is changing is social spaces are becoming a prerequisite. The heads down focus, not so important. Uh, bench desking, lots of people on a bench, less important. And that's actually changing the type of furniture people are buying. So people are buying furniture that sits lower, that is deeper, that creates a much more relaxed seat because that relaxed posture completely changes the interactions you have. The Medigold Health Group is one of the UK's most trusted occupational health and well-being providers, helping businesses to keep their people in work, safe and well for over two decades by delivering services including absence management, employee screening and mental health and well-being programmes to over 2,500 clients and over 3 million individual employees. Twice winners of the Big Business of the Year category at the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards, Medigold is redefining corporate healthcare through its commitment to clinical quality and technological innovation and supporting businesses of all sizes to succeed in achieving their workplace well-being goals. This is January's edition of All Things Business, the podcast. We're talking this month about maximising the potential of the workforce and having started to discuss tribalism in the workplace, I asked Catherine if she'd been buying lots of low-level, socially supportive furniture for her tribe at Wyboston Lakes. Um, Bizarrely enough, um, I was at a a meeting in London about two and a half years ago, pre-pandemic, and I was sat in this chair for this conference all morning it was the most uncomfortable thing and I had a team meeting the next day with my team beautiful sunny day and I was thinking we need some of those outdoor beanbags I wonder if I can get some for tomorrow (laughs) and that was on the train on the way back from London I was on all these websites trying to find outdoor beanbags for the next day didn't know that we had some because I hadn't been there that long but we do have a couple of um, in our conference centres spaces that are creative space and we have a room called the Apple um, which is a creative space um, I quite often have said to my team, well, let's go and use that room. Very often isn't available because it's in use quite a lot because people want that space and it gives completely different environment. In our team meeting yesterday, we were in a meeting room to be able to get the best out of all of us, to relax, to chat through what are we wanting to achieve, especially as a people team. What We spent like a couple of days last summer going, what do we want to achieve? So are you seeing the benefits of that hybrid working now in line with what Claire was saying in terms of not only technology facilitating work, but also that tribalism that is still going to be important to business. And I'm thinking about that from the point of view of perhaps smaller businesses that may well be listening to this and saying, well, I'm not in London, I'm not in a city, I've got a small workforce, but I want to be able to maximise the potential from them. I want to bring their skills Mm -hmm. out. Are there benefits to be had in that way? Are you seeing that? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you say, it is quite holy to tell, but we've the people who are hybrid working in the main are the ones who've worked all the way through. So our sales teams have all worked from home. They weren't able to come together, but they do have a, a team meeting once a month all together. So that time is spent, all the work they've been having their heads down, working at the desk at home um, and doing that. And then they bring together all their ideas of where they've been working and talking to different people. And I think, 
And I think sometimes when you're sat at a desk in an office the whole time with that same environment around you, it can be quite dull, can't it? Mm. I do have a lot of pictures in my office. And if you have sharing offices, you can't always have that personality in there. So you, when you've got that environment that you feel more creative in you can then when you come together whether it be in a meeting room or whether it be in a more creative space or we quite often used to have our weekly catch-ups on the picnic tables down by the lake very fortunate we've got that place to be able to do it but it was a completely different environment that made you think differently because you're not in a meeting room so Mary, if i come back to you with what you were saying with churn and what you were talking about the big quit what we seem to have been hearing so far is that technology is very important. Well, there's a training requirement in that. The ability to socialize with each other, whether we're doing that in a hybrid working environment or not, is still very important because that sparks creativity. But equally, you've got to play to the strengths of the individuals who work in your environment and give them an environment where they thrive, whether that's working away and using Teams or Zoom or whatever it might be but also treating them as human beings as well. Is that a message for business operators right now as we start to look at the end of the 2020-21 year and start thinking about 2021-2022? I think so, absolutely. I mean, I would always say, ask, ask people. Yes, you're going to get all sorts of different suggestions and not everybody's going to agree, but that's the point. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's finding the right solution for each person. Because what I was saying is that actually you are on your own for focus work and you get brought together for that collaboration and that magic to happen. And I actually feel that that would make it happen more often. But one thing that you miss in having that busy workplace is the accidental um, encounters, the, the little bits of spark that happen with people who don't work in your team, who just say a couple of words that trigger something in your mind. Um, and I think that's where the upskilling comes and where this cross mashing up different sectors you know you get somebody from a different sector who isn't hasn't got all the traditional training that half the other people have but have got a different perspective and what happens when the next generation all want to work in the virtual world that's going to be a whole other um, I think then I hate to about then yeah the next generation or like my children's generation there in the workforce now it definitely applies that they are connected to technology and as far as the built environment and that's all I can I can speak about with any confidence is if it's not connected they won't use the space so if they can't access technology or connect to technology they will disengage from that space and that's borne out by data that's collected from smart buildings and I think the biggest thing is they want an element of social connection. Absolutely, they do. Probably more than, say, I do. They also, really importantly, need positive affirmation from those they work alongside. They want feedback. Yeah, we all want to be told we're doing a good job, but we're sort of confident in where we are. If you're starting out in your journey, you want somebody mentoring you and saying, yeah, you've done that really well. Let's have some feedback. That's the one thing that I would say, going back to your area of expertise, Mari, is that we have so many managers that don't haven't been taught how to manage people remotely and that's the huge problem if you sit in an office and you can see your team that's one skill being able to manage people who are in eye contact mm. 
But if you're not, and you haven't been told how to manage people over teams or whatever, it's a completely different set of skills, and it requires you to have to retrain the way you do things. And people aren't being offered that training. So are you saying, therefore, that to manage the potential and to maximise the potential of a workforce, yeah. actually there's a training need for management definitely, rather than rank-and-file members of the, of, and, of the workforce? And, you know, for me, my team aren't based in the UK. So my team are based in Scandinavia. And before, when travelling became impossible, I didn't see them. And everything was done on Zoom, on Teams, and using Miro boards and all that sort of stuff. And then when travel opened up, I went back to doing my every month, go to Scandinavia, spend some time. And actually, what it did for me was I went on a very sharp learning curve because I was presented, and all my team are a lot younger than me, thinking, well, I've made these assumptions that these people will be great just connecting with me over Teams. They're young, it'll be great, it'll be fine. But actually... The weeks that I would go out there and I'd spend a week out there, we got so much more done than the three weeks when we're communicating over Teams. Mm. I think I made huge assumptions that because I had the technology, that technology would somehow make up for me not actually being there. It's two ways of looking at it. It's the, um, the people that are coming to use our facilities um, and what they're coming to us for um, and also what we're doing with our team so again with our operational teams who have to be in every day because that's what they need to do there's a lot of um operational work then they have we have the team meetings and we have the social aspect of that so that all works really well and they're the younger people who are wanting that social connection that we've talked about that they they they're all very local so they love that social connection, whereas the people who are probably doing the remote working more, albeit that they are coming in. So if you take our finance team, for instance, they're all in the office two or three days a week. So they have that social connection on the days that they're in. Then they have their focus time. So I think for our team, it's that it's what the businesses coming into us um, are using. So we when we have the um, hotel refurb is completed we have got co-working space going in Um, and that's the first time we've had where we have serviced offices currently they are a business rents an office space and that's theirs however big that be small or large business this will be the co-working space that we work type environment Um, so this is the first time we're going into that um, environment so it will be interesting to see how that gets used who wants it um, and also how much we might make use of that because I just think, well, if we can't get into a conference room, um, we don't have dedicated necessary office space for everybody all the time. If there's the creative space in there, how can we make use of that so that when I meet with my team, we, again, we're, we're getting out the most out of that time that we all meet together once a month as a focused moving forward on our projects. The next All Things Business podcast will be going out in uh, a month's time. I'd like to ask each of you to give a suggestion as to one thing that a business operator, a business owner might do in the coming four weeks, based on what you've all been talking about today, that might move their business forward in terms of maximizing the potential of their workforce, whether it being a training point of view, an environment point of view, learning from your client's point of view. Mary, you're not going to get much thinking time on this one. I I apologize for that, but someone's got to get the ball rolling. But one thing that business operators could do, should do, should consider in the coming four weeks. Um, You know, it's that time of year. Everybody's looked at the, you know, what are the 
targets for 2022 you know where are we aiming for etc how are you deliver who are you delivering that through and what are you doing to make sure they actually have the right skill set to do that i think you're absolutely right in that managing people remotely is very different it's not a different skill set for good managers it is a different skill set for those who have got by on physically being there claire i think it's about making the workplace their chosen destination work is an activity it's not a place that's real corny cliche but it is it's an activity and actually what you've got to do with your workplace is you know if you're in a lease that's got another 15 years on it you've got your workplace so what you need to do is make the workplace where people actually want to do their work activity and that can be really Mm -hmm. simple things some of the things I talk about in the organizations I talk about people will go yeah but we're not a we're not Facebook, we're not Google, we're, we, we employ 20 people. But it is as simple as the things that Google get right, the things that eBay get right are really basic fundamentals. They do good coffee. So it's simple things. Good coffee, comfortable places to sit. If people can't have access to good food in the working day, but you want them to be there all day, give them good food. It's as simple as that, as far as I'm concerned. That's a strength at White Boston Lakes already. So, Catherine, you've, you've now got to come up with something else. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I think it's going back to something that you said earlier, Mari. It's key to us is where we've had so many people not around properly um, for the past two years is what do they want? What development do they want? Obviously, we're going through review processes at the moment. What development, what do they want? Nurturing them. We're giving our customers what we want. So we need to make sure we give our team what we want. To me, it's as important, if not more important, because if we're not giving them what they want, they're not going to give the customers. So it's that nurturing, it's that development. Where do they want to go? How can we help them to get there? So if there's not somewhere for them to go onto within our business in the future, we want to give them the best skills that they can possibly have to take somewhere else and go, I learned that at Y Boston. Food for thought from all three of you, and it's been a real education, a real pleasure to get this first podcast put together for 2022. Mari, Claire, Catherine, have a fantastic year. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. We all want the bare necessities of life. To have a place we can call home. To have a family that's happy and united. To have protection for your loved ones. To have a good job where you're valued. But life is full of ups and downs, and sometimes we all need a bit of friendly legal expertise to smooth things out. Visit our website to find out more. Wilson Brown Solicitors. We're all the help you need. Many thanks to our first panel of the 2022 season for All Things Business, the podcast. Thanks to you too for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard and found something that might be of help in your own workplace. Don't forget, you can also listen to previous editions of the podcast here. Until next month, though, good luck and take care.